Hello and welcome to the Unleash Pain Freedom Podcast. I am your host, Katie Sutton, and I am a rehabilitation specialist and master neuro coach specializing in pain specifically. 100% of us experience pain at some point in our lives, yet we are not told what pain is, why we have it, or how to navigate through it. Without this vital information, it keeps us stuck in the vicious pain cycle. This is where I come in. My job is to educate and inform you about all things pain so you can feel empowered to know how to navigate pain when it comes about. This is how you break the cycle and reclaim your life from pain. Without further ado, let's go ahead and start breaking out of the pain cycle today. Welcome to another episode of the Unleash Pain Freedom podcast. I have a very special guest here today, and I am super excited to introduce you to her. Her name is Mary Rust, and she's a really good friend of mine. She has also been a mentor of mine over the years, and I am super excited to have her on because her story is amazing. Today, we are going to talk to you about a pain spot dealing with cancer. Because cancer is something that a lot of people experience, and there's not a lot of options out there, at least we think. And it's important to shed light on this topic because it is such a pain spot that affects us mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So I'd like to welcome Mary Rust. Katie, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today. And yeah, we're going to talk about a really big pain point, and it's not only a pain point for individuals that are diagnosed with cancer, but it's a big pain point for individuals who have family members Mm. that are diagnosed or husbands, wives, children. Cancer is one of those things that affects every single person on the planet in some form or another. For instance, do you know anybody who has not been affected by cancer in one form or another? I mean, there are always different levels on how they're affected. I know for me, my mom had cancer. So that was something that I dealt with even at a super young age. Yeah, absolutely. And most people, when you hear the word cancer, it immediately initiates fear. Yeah. Or the unknown. And rightfully so, because it is the unknown. However, there are absolutely things that you can do to help walk yourself through any situation, even a situation like cancer. And in my experience, and I will be sharing my story a little bit, you know, my journey through cancer is entirely different. I look at my cancer diagnosis as the most beautiful, precious gift I ever received. Hmm. However, did I feel that way at the time of my diagnosis? No. Did I feel that way? when my mother was diagnosed with cancer and I was 18 years old. No, I absolutely did not. However, walking through not only my own diagnosis of cancer, but my mother's diagnosis of a cancer, my experience, my perception with cancer is entirely different. And it's one of those things that I would love to share. I thank you for this opportunity to share with people because the majority of individuals out there look at cancer as a death sentence. And that's not what it was for me. It was actually a life sentence for me, which is an entirely different thing. It's like flipping cancer upside down. Yeah. And if we can change our perception about pain or situations or challenges, it's amazing what can evolve from that. 
100%. Like, I just got full body chills, goosebumps all over as you're talking. So, you are the perfect guest to be on this podcast because the whole point of this podcast is to reframe pain and what it means and what we have been taught and conditioned to believe about pain. And I was a cancer exercise specialist for a while, and I also was taught that there's only like three solutions when it comes to pain, chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery. Those were the only options. And then when I heard your story, I was like, what? You didn't do like any of those? I mean, you did surgery, but that was that was different than, you know, other people that are going through it. So your story just intrigued me because of all the schooling that I went through on the cancer side of it. I was like, holy cow, they don't talk about these different solutions. And I was like, I have to have you on. I had actually flipped my mind that you did work with cancer patients. And what a lovely thing to do to work with somebody on the other side of the table. So you got the direct experience of what somebody might be going through, through their healing journey. And everybody walks a different path. It may be a similar diagnosis, but the path that we walk through can be entirely different. So if you'd like, I'd be happy to share my story. Is this a good time to start? Uh, it's always a good time to just dive into your story. <laughs> Let's hear it, Mary. <laughs> All right, Katie, sounds good. So I'm actually going to backtrack to one of the most important things regarding my story and why I decided to do what I, what I did. Actually, there's a couple of things. So I'm going to go back to 1999. So in 1999, I was crowned the fittest woman in the world. And it was such a rush. I worked so hard. It's amazing what our bodies can do if we give them the right tools. And one of the things that competing and working with my body and training hard taught me is how incredibly amazing our bodies are. That was one of the first things. But the, I, the irony of it is... In 1999, I was the fittest woman in the world. In 2008, I was diagnosed with cancer. It made absolutely no sense at all because I had none of the, what you would consider most likely contributing factors to cancer were. I looked like the epitome of health. Mm -hmm. My body was strong, I was slender, I don't drink, I don't smoke, and yet here I end up with cancer. Mm. It makes no sense, right? Especially with what the world tells you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. If you would have looked at me, if you look at me now, I do not look like I would have cancer. And yet it happened. That is telling me there's other aspects that are super important in our health that I don't feel collectively we're addressing at this time. Mm -hmm. And that's the beautiful thing about what you do, Katie, because I know you dive into the inner work. Mm hmm. 100%. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the first background piece. And I'm so thankful I had that piece because again, it taught me how brilliant our bodies are and what they can go through to change and to heal themselves. The second piece of my puzzle before my diagnosis was that my mother was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. I was 18 years old at the time. Again, my mother did not smoke, she didn't drink, she wasn't overweight, none of the contributing factors that you would think a sick, quote unquote, sick person would have, and she was diagnosed with cancer. Again, there mm -hmm. are other pieces to this healing puzzle that we aren't 
really addressing through our conventional system at the time. It's coming, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So 18 years old, diagnosed with cancer. They gave her two years to live. I was old enough at the time that I was able to really follow my mother, and we were best friends. She was literally my source of unconditional love, and it was it was devastating yeah. to be 18 years old and to have the possibility of your mother not being around to see you get married, to have kids. That was one of the things she wanted to do more than anything in the world is to love these little grandbabies. And here she was with a cancer diagnosis. And she wanted to live more than anybody else that I knew. She did everything. And she was an OR nurse at the time. So we were very ingrained in the conventional system, following the rules, doing everything she was supposed to do to get better. So she had the original surgery. She went through chemotherapy. She went through the different drugs that they had at the time. Two years later, the cancer came back, stronger than ever. And this is typically what happens with cancer if you don't address the other aspects. Yeah. And if you are going to go through the conventional route, it is strong. The different chemicals that they use, no one in their right mind would put in their bodies unless they had something that the doctor said you needed it for. I don't know any, in fact, one of the things that my ND asked me at the time, she said, Mary, my ND is the, the doctor I eventually worked with. However, I was also researching and following through with what my other options were with chemotherapy, radiation, drug treatment. And she said, Mary, ask your doctors if they would be willing to go through treatment with you. That's a powerful question. Yes, but why wouldn't we ask our doctors if they would be willing to go through exactly what they're asking us to go through? And their answers are always, hell no. I would never do that. And then my ND said, she said, Mary, so if you are sick with cancer, why in the hell would you poison your body to get better? I mean, that's a very valid question, and I love that switch of perspective. Well, and, you know, some of the ways that she presented these questions to me really made me think because I was raised with a mom as a OR nurse. We trusted the medical system. My dad was an electrical engineer. We followed the rules. We were very conservative and compartmentalized, and it's just what we did. You got sick, you go to the doctor. He gives you something to get better. That was just the system that I was in and I thought was the right one until life showed me different. Life showed me different. And it's the same thing when we get in those patterns of pain. I'm sure you've talked about this. We get in these patterns of survival and we think they're the right thing, but we never question if something else could be different. Yeah, I go about that a lot with my clients because they're just like well my doctors told me to do this and they're bounced from medical professional from medical professional and yet they're left with more questions than answers and I also know that with how society and putting your doctor on a pedestal and being like what they say is the end all you don't question your doctors I was very opposite in my pain journey. I questioned all of my doctors. I was like, well, why? Well, why this? Why does this work and this doesn't work? What are my other options? And I would be, quote unquote, like not the best patient because I wasn't complying properly to the orders of the doctor, so to speak. But you are in charge of your health. 
and you need to be the one that advocates for you and if something feels off you're allowed to question you're allowed to speak up and a lot of the work that i do is being able to trust yourself to speak up when something doesn't feel right yeah katie without a doubt and another question to ask yourself if you're going through this or you're going through some sort of a healing journey yourself is who knows you better than you there really shouldn't be anybody however That doesn't mean that you don't have a belief from your upbringing that you think that. Because I truly thought that the doctors knew better. You know, I trusted science. I trusted education. Education was strongly regarded in my family as the right way, as the smart way. Mm. And you don't question it because it's science, right? Well, I questioned science and I found another way to heal. And it's so brilliant to be able to walk through that path and discover it this way because it was completely different from my upbringing, absolutely different. However, life has a way of unfolding everything we need to learn to grow and understand. It's really quite fascinating. However, we're the ones that need to open the door. So with that said, going back to my mother being diagnosed with cancer, she was diagnosed when I was 18 years old. The cancer came back two years later, and really her body at that time was really struggling. She did go through the treatments again, but ultimately her body could no longer tolerate the treatments. She got to a point where she was living off feeding tubes, basically existing, but not fully living. And she did finally get to the point that life just wasn't worth holding on when she wasn't able to fully live. She got to the point that she made the decision to go off the feeding tubes. We knew that it would only be days, maybe weeks, but it was during that time that my mom and I had several conversations. And it was during that time as her body was slowly shutting down that she would tell me stories of crossing over to the other side and seeing, because at this time her parents were still alive. And I remember having conversations with her that she was a little worried that nobody would be there, you know, on the other side to meet her. And then she remembered her grandmother who she had a very special relationship. And in our last conversations, the last couple of weeks, she would talk about visiting her grandmother. And it was so real to her and so beautiful. And of course, every time I talked to mom and we got into these tender moments, tears would just stream down my face. So much emotion, like sadness and grief and knowing the inevitable, and yet so much beauty at the same time. It's Mm. just so overwhelming and so incredible and emotional, sometimes overwhelming, especially I was 22 at that time. But the one conversation I remember the most, that touched my heart the most, we were sitting on her bed and we were going through her closet to choose her dress that she would wear at her funeral. And believe me, this is a conversation I never ever would have expected or wanted to have and yet here it was. And it was so beautiful and sad and emotional, but, and we we did, we picked out her favorite dress. I remember vividly to this day, it was a blue dress that had purple and pink flowers, this silky, and she really did look beautiful that day. So it was perfect that we were able to do that together. But after we decided on the dress, we laid it on the bed. She sat next to me and she said, Mary, this isn't the way to cure cancer. There's got to be another way, a way that you can support your body to heal itself. 
And her words were so clear and I was so confused because I was wrapped up in the moment of emotions and knowing I was going to lose my mom and my best friend. And yet those words were so crystal clear, like she was bringing them over from the other side over onto this side. And I've always felt that message was a message from the other side and it was a gift for me. And I didn't understand what those words meant at the time because I all I wanted was my mom to live. It's just like, well, why, why didn't you find the way? You know, yeah. I know how much she wanted to live. But I realized later those words weren't meant for her. They were meant for me. Ooh, full body chills once again. Yeah, and like I said, I really didn't understand what they meant. I really put those words in the back of my mind, my heart. I don't know where they went. But the day I remember hearing them again was the day that I was diagnosed with cancer. And I was I was actually numb. Because anytime you hear a shock like that or something that you feel is a shock or a trauma, the body's natural response, one of them in pain, is what? freeze numbness yep <laughs> absolute shock <laughs> your brain locks up and just freezes and you feel like you are like floating mm -hmm. or just in you don't even know where you are but you're not here but again it's just the body's natural reaction but when I went into that state the words I heard were Mary this isn't the way to cure cancer there must be another way so clearly these words came into my being and I had no idea what they meant. I had no idea what I was going to do, but I knew that message was for me. And then I knew I was going to find out. And so when I was diagnosed with cancer, of course, I went through all of the different panic attacks and freakouts and everything that you go through because my experience with cancer is death. And for the first time in my life, I was 36 years old. I had two young babies sort of. I called them babies. Hannah was in kindergarten. <laughs> Logan was in second grade. They were too young to lose their mama. Yeah. I know what it's like to lose a mother and it's like I will do anything I can to stay here for them. So began my journey and I decided not knowing what to do I researched everything. It's like okay I'm gonna just I can't really like deal with my emotions so what am I going to do I'm going <laughs> to dive into research right and that's kind of what we do sometimes to survive right a survival technique is like I'm going to avoid this I'm going to get into my human mind which I understand because the feelings hurt too bad and I'm going to research the hell out of cancer <laughs> yeah I mean that's a flight response you're avoiding the pain that's going over here but your body's amazing to be like okay we need to get into survival mode and so this was a way that your brain and your body were working for you to go into that research mode. Because I know for me, when I did research and started educating myself about pain, that's when I started to really understand things a lot more clearly and started to see the different solutions out there instead of just believing everything that the doctors threw at me as truth. There's other options out there. And I'm sure you realize that through your research. Oh, wow. Absolutely. And the other thing that was so critical at this time is to be able to connect to that clear, calm center that we all have. But when we get wrapped up in crisis mm -hmm. or trauma, a lot of times we lose our center. And that's when decisions aren't made in our best abilities. And it's really, really tricky with cancer. Why? Because if you've had the experience like me, 
cancer is associated with dying and death or cancer might be associated with toxic treatment which was also one of my associations because of my past and I had a whole medical team that told me if I didn't do 12 weeks of chemotherapy, eight weeks of radiation, another surgery, a year of toxic drugs, and then they wanted me to go back in and take out my ovaries, that I would die. The fear that surrounds you, not only with the initial diagnosis, but in our medical communities is absolutely outrageous. I've always said, Katie, the miracle wasn't that I healed because our bodies are designed to heal, period. But that's not what's being taught, not at all. And so when you go into your doctors, they're throwing around statistics, they're throwing around words you don't even know what they are, personally. They made me feel like I didn't know what I was talking about, so that brings on the insecurity, like I don't feel like I have the answers that I need to heal. But these individuals went through pre-med, med, they paid a lot for their education. They are the experts, right? You think so. That's what we're taught to believe. However, a lot of the times they look at people as a textbook. Absolutely. And people are not textbooks. Absolutely right. And unfortunately, the pendulum has really swung far in one direction. And I'm not against conventional treatment. However, I am not for conventional treatment at the expense of somebody's own body and their choice and their own experience. Because my past experience, and this was never discussed at any of my doctor's appointments. Not, not once, right? But my experience was the body can do miracles if given the opportunity. And I knew that. The other thing I knew that was going on inside me is I had this voice that was saying, Mary, there's another way to heal. And putting those two pieces together, along with the fact of really asking myself what I wanted from this experience and what I really wanted from this experience was to be well, was to heal. Whatever healing looks like, when I put all of those pieces together and I followed my heart, rather than my head that would most of the time agree with the doctors, to be quite honest, right? <laughs> so I had this. Sense. <laughs> exactly. I had this internal conflict between my head and my heart. And really in this moment, in that three-week period, which of course they're pressuring you to make a choice, a decision, or else you're going to die. The miracle was that I chose what was right for me. And I listened to that soft, subtle voice that soft, subtle sensation coming from my heart rather than my panicked, screaming head that was scared and would do anything, including toxic treatment, in order to heal. The miracle was that I chose that soft, subtle voice from my heart. And it led me on this incredibly beautiful path. Even though I had no clue where it was going, I had no idea how to restore my body from a cancer diagnosis. I knew how to train it. Mm -hmm. I knew how to build muscle. I knew kind of what to eat, but then I had to question all of that because maybe that wasn't quite right. But instead, I followed this soft, subtle voice in my heart that says, I've got you. I will teach you. Just follow me and I will show you the way. And what happened when I finally made the decision to follow my heart instead of all of the doctors I was led on a beautiful path of healing physically, 
mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. The whole package. The whole package. Because I didn't know at the time that we had really all of these aspects of self. Mm -hmm. I was just living my life, doing my thing, trying to, you know, feed the kids and keep a roof over my head and staying busy with that. And then life interrupted me with cancer to show me that life is so much more than just barely surviving on a daily basis. Wow. What a strong message to come through as well. Yeah. Had I not had cancer, I would probably still be surviving and just getting by in my life, to be quite honest, because I had no idea I needed these lessons to grow and evolve. Absolutely no idea. And I had no control that this was going to happen. But there was something within me that absolutely knew what I needed to be able to learn these lessons. Would I have chosen cancer from my human mind and perspective to go through? Would anyone really choose cancer? Probably not. Fuck no. <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'll just I'll just take an order of cancer today. That would be lovely. <laughs> That'll help me learn my lessons real good. <laughs> yes, let, bring it on. Bring me the cancer. No. But when I look back, because it's been, I don't know, 2008, is that almost 16 years? I think it'll be 16 years this December that I was originally diagnosed. And by the way, according to my doctors, I am dead. You're so. dead. <laughs> Did you hear that, guys? I'm talking to the dead right now. Yes. So. Congratulations, Katie. Is this, maybe this is a new coming out, you know, pretty, occupation for you. Yeah, it's pretty neat. <laughs> but as you can see, I'm honestly more alive now than I was before the diagnosis. Um, and I am so grateful for it. Was it easy? No. None of it was easy. But was it simple? To be able to quiet our minds and follow that soft, subtle voice, it's very simple. Yes, not always easy. So you say it's simple. What about it mm -hmm. makes it simple? Because I'm sure people listening are going to be like, well, how do, how do I listen to this inner voice inside of me? Because my mind is just going crazy. What would you tell them? Well, the first thing you need to know is that you have this soft, subtle voice inside you. That is your eternal self. It was it is now, it will forever be. And that soft, subtle voice, I call it your eternal you or your divine you, knows everything. It knows past, present, and future. So if you're looking for a resource to follow, to trust, to lead you where you need to go because it already knows where you're going and it's already planned the steps perfectly for you, why don't you try listening to that instead of our human minds that have all of these past programs, conflicts of interest, information from the outside world coming in. Maybe you're taking in other people's opinions and thinking they're your own. No. You have the greatest gift of eternity in you and with you all the time. Some people may refer to this as God, the Holy Spirit, Source. I don't care what the name is. The truth is, it doesn't have a name. There's no words that can describe the essence of who you are. That source of information is absolutely perfect all the time, no matter what. And that's why it's simple. Only thing that makes it difficult is you not being able to connect to it and running and choosing your life from this crazy, insane mind that thinks it knows the truth, but it can't know the truth. 
it only knows how to survive in a world that it perceives as insane. And so the greatest gift you can give yourself is to start connecting to that soft, subtle essence of you and figuring out the difference between what I call your human mind and your divine mind. Entirely different. Another part of a program that I work with is I is getting you to understand the difference between your human feelings and emotions and your divine feelings and emotions. Entirely different. Yes. Your human mind is all fear-based. Mm-hmm. It's trying to protect you. It's trying to keep you in survival mode. Your divine mind, your divine feelings, they simply are. They're perfect already. There's nothing to fix. But that's the tricky part is because all of us have been trained in our human mind and we've lost the connection to our divine minds. Simple, right? I mean, it sounds simple. I just know that like if you talk to me about this like four years ago, I'd be like, uh, I don't comprehend. Like, yes. what is this divine mind? What is this human mind? And, you know, with the work that I have done, I finally understand it. I use different terms like yeah. the human mind is the egoic mind in the yep. work that I do. And my inner voice is what you would call the divine mind. Absolutely. That's like my term for it. And I just want to give people permission out there that you can name it whatever you want. Going back to what you said, there really is no name or label. It's just what our human minds like. They like to compartmentalize and Mm -hmm. organize and put labels on things. But what if we just took those labels away? What could be made from that? Absolutely. And that's when you know you're working from your divine mind because there's no need for labels. It already is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be defined. You know, the true truth doesn't need to defend itself at all. That's one of the things that you can kind of rate. Am I working in my human mind or my divine mind? You know, am I needing to control or am I needing to defend? You don't need to control or defend the truth just because it just is. Your human mind will not understand these concepts. No, they, they absolutely won't. <laughs> won't. And I appreciate that you said a few years ago, I wouldn't get it. I didn't get it. When I was sitting there in my doctor's office getting a diagnosis, I was freaking out, right? <laughs> and rightfully so, because I was living my life in survival mode. I had lost connection with my true essence of self that I wasn't able to see things clearly. And that's when we get so excited, confused, anxious, anxiety, all of those things. Stress is because we're operating within our human mind that doesn't understand the reasoning for why certain situations happen in our life. And it's constantly rating it as good or bad, good or bad. And it will drive you literally crazy. The human mind will absolutely drive you crazy. And one of the funnest things, if you can get to the point where you're kind of like observing your human mind and everything that's going on, it can actually be quite entertaining. (laughs) Because when you can let your human mind just rattle and roam and go where it's going to go, and you are able to sit back in the seat of self, Mm -hmm. meaning sit back into your eternal divinity, (laughs) watch the shit show go on, (laughs) and be able to love it and nurture it and just kind of giggle at it really because there's so much stuff going on that doesn't need to go on but yet when you're in it you feel it Mm -hmm. you get consumed in it 
it pulls you away from the seat of self. And trying to make decisions with an insane mind just continues to permeate the insanity. So the one thing I did, and it's like I said, it's simple. If if I give any advice to someone who has a new diagnosis with cancer, I will say, let's find your true essence so that you are going to be able to make decisions that are perfectly aligned with number one, why this diagnosis came into your life, because I guarantee you it's for a purpose and a beautiful purpose. It did not come in to kill you. It didn't. Now with that, I will say there are some times that disease and illness will come in as a way to transition home. There's nothing wrong with that. That's beautiful. It can be, or it can be a complete nightmare for somebody who doesn't want to lose that loved one or transition home. But when you can reframe what's really going on and get your answers from the source that knows, not thinks it knows, not trying to control the knowing, not trying to control the situation, but the source that knows, that knows you completely, loves you completely, knows exactly where this is going to take you. If you're willing to open to it, you can never go wrong. And you can walk through a diagnosis in a complete state of peace and joy and well-being. And you're going to get your answers that you need to make on a day-to-day basis, on a moment-to-moment basis with true clarity and peace. And you can stand in front of your doctor with all of his degrees and know you're making the right choice for you, even if you need to say to that physician, thank you for your information, but I'm choosing to go a different direction. Because I had to do that with multiple physicians and they got so angry. Like it was, I feel for anyone who's diagnosed with cancer that doesn't have that rock source foundation to move through it with them. Because had I not had that, I would have very easily gone into the treatments. And I honestly may not be here today. Potentially the treatments that I would have gone through, what if they would have been so strong and my body's constitution wouldn't have been able to handle it? That is a real possibility that no one's talking about. No. It, it might not even be an idea in somebody's mind. But for me, the best decision was to follow my heart and find another way, a way that you can support your body physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to heal itself because our bodies are designed to heal, period. That's the simple part of it. But everyone's path will look a little bit different. Why? Because we have different bodies. We have different constitutions. We have different past experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And we have to work with the mindsets that are in there. Mm-hmm. Because we're really good at self-sabotaging ourselves, <laughs> which is why you do the work you do. Right. If you can meet yourself where you're at and be willing to open the door to new possibilities and remember how incredibly fantastic our bodies are and our minds, because you can rewire that technology, you can feel the feelings. And instead of suppressing them or clinging onto them, allow them to move through you so all of a sudden that energy because we are energetic beings we are are not just physical beings that energy needs to flow because if it doesn't flow it gets stuck in the body and if it gets stuck long enough it will manifest as a physical disease 
that is just the truth of reality. Thank you for touching on that because a lot of people don't dive into the emotional aspects when it comes to a cancer diagnosis or pain in general. And a lot of people feel like they can't talk about it, so they suppress it. Mm. And do you feel that your cancer diagnosis was a suppression of emotions? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I would say all of the above because I don't think it's a smart idea to say, oh, it was just an emotional thing. I right? agree. Because we are integrated beings. Yeah. We are, you know, we're multifaceted, integrated beings. And the reason I can say that with such clarity is because physically, I shouldn't have gotten cancer. Right. You right? shouldn't have. I shouldn't have, but I did. And so there had to be other parts of a dysfunctional system within me, whether it be physical or energetic something was off. And what I discovered when I started working with myself and my thoughts, my emotions, is there were some beliefs that just weren't serving me. A lot of self-talk. So growing up, we'll just go back to that. I grew up in a family that we had an expectation of looking and being a certain way. So my dad was an electrical engineer, very smart, very brilliant, very intellectually ingrained like that was the truth my mother was an OR nurse so we were definitely instilled with that mindset of the medical community knows what it is I was also raised Catholic and in the Catholic Church which I never really resonated with however there's a lot of rules lots of rules and structure and I did everything in my power to meet this perfect role and expectations of what my outer world was presenting me with. So education, number one, super important. In order for me to feel like I would get love from my family, I felt like I had to have perfect grades. I understand that. And again, as human beings, what do we really want? We just want to be loved, to be seen, to be acknowledged, especially when we're young, right? Well, this is something that followed me my entire life. I was such a perfectionist. That's been a big word. And I'm hoping that the perfectionist structure, and as strong as it is, will be lightening up. Because what is perfectionism? It's just a concept in the human mind that we've created that things need to be a certain way in order to be right. And if they're not right, that means they're wrong. So I did everything in my power to stay within the box of rightness within the created concepts in my human mind based from my surroundings. I would not bring home a paper when I was young that was not 100%. I literally threw away 99.9% papers in the trash and I would only bring home a paper that I would have 100% grade on. Wow, you were really hard on yourself. I was really tough. There was an expectation because I tended to be someone who people looked up to, which is lovely because I did get that acknowledgement. But then there was, oh, well, if I don't stay in this top threshold, and have a certain role and meet everybody else's expectations of being this really cool person, then I wouldn't be loved. And so I had that. So I had to look perfect. I had to win all the little races that we had at field day or whatever. And I, if I didn't get a blue ribbon, I threw it out because I didn't feel like I would be loved if I wasn't perfect. And I went through different 
eating disorders Mm -hmm. to maintain that perfection. And then I ended up competing, making my body number one in the world. This is how far I took it, Katie, because God forbid, if I wasn't perfect, I wouldn't be loved. This is what we do as human beings to be seen and heard and loved. For me, it wasn't really like an ego power thing, but it certainly is the ego mind because why? I didn't feel that I was okay just to be me. It was always a performance piece for me. So I could go on and on. After the Olympia, winning the fittest award or whatever, my life kind of came tumbling down. And I wasn't prepared to live life not winning or not being perfect. And what actually happened is not only did I lose the fitness career, the business that my husband and I were in, our construction company, failed. So I had financial crisis. Then we lost our house. Then we had to move away from friends and family that I'd been there since I was raised. And we moved to a tiny little town called Gillette, Wyoming, Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere. No friends, no nothing. I was literally like everything I used to help prop me up as being okay was not okay. Nothing was okay. And then I was diagnosed with cancer. Wow. I just love how you touched on all of the external environmental factors, like how you were raised, the perfectionism, all of the thoughts that were running through your head being like, if I'm not perfect, then I'm not going to be loved. I'm not going to be enough. All of those factors play a huge part because I like to think of, you know, you have like your mental bubble, your emotional bubble, Mm -hmm. your social bubble, which is going to include like finances and relationships and your career and how you're interacting with the world, the outside stresses. And then also the physical piece. If you put all of those together and where they intersect, that's you, but that's also where pain lives as well. And this is why we need to address us as a whole if we want to fully heal. And you just kind of just pieced it together being like all of this was happening and it was tackling the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual aspects of it. And then you got diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. As if the other pieces weren't enough, (laughs) my soul was like, Mary, this is going to be the best thing for you. Here's cancer. Looking back, I am so grateful for all those challenges because the one thing that it did for me, I actually did many things, but the biggest thing is it freed me from needing anything in my life to be okay in order for me to be okay. And that is true freedom. Ooh, so that's freedom. So to, let me let me make sure I got this right. Okay, you go, so, girl. <laughs> you're saying that true freedom for you is being okay when your external world feels like it's crumbling. Yes. Okay. And okay when it's fantastic. And okay when it's like nothing's going on. Yeah. It might be boring. No, it doesn't matter what's going on in my external world. I am now 100% okay. Ooh, I love that. So you've got that internal validation and that external validation. You don't need it. I don't need it. And it doesn't disturb me. Something can happen over there, and it's like, it's happening over there. And I, if it's something I need to deal with, because we still have to deal with stuff, you know, life happens. But I am so fully embodied in my center, in my seat of self, in my eternal essence. Nothing out there can bother me. 
Ooh, that's like an unshakable place to be in. Yes. Wow. And that's why cancer called. That's why the financial collapse called. That's why everything falling down around me broke me to fully save me. Brilliant. Would I have said that at the time? (laughs) Hell no. (laughs) Can I say that now, looking back? Yes. 100% yes. That is healing. That is healing. Wow, that's really powerful. It's super deep. And how cool that you can take a step back and be like, all of these pieces that seem so rough around the edges are actually beautiful. And they helped me get to this place. Because so many people feel so stuck when they're in it. And Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. I get it. When you're in your shit, it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) It sucks. It sucks. And I will not deny that. But now I'm able to sit with somebody in their suckiness. Why? Because I know that is the doorway to their true and lasting freedom. That is what's going to get them from here to there, to what they really, really want. Mm. They don't know it at the time. I didn't know it at the time. But there is the doorway to perfect peace, to living the fullest life that their soul wants them to live is right through the stuff. You got to go right through it. You got to go right through it. You can try to avoid it. And, you know, some people, they're like, oh, hell no, I am (laughs) not doing that. I'm going this direction. And I can love them and let them do that. Because I know it's not going to work. In fact, typically what happens when we ignore this stuff and we ignore this inner work, life gets harder. Yes. And then you start trying to manage and struggle it more and more and more. And you're just burning your energy on trying to fix things Mm -hmm. that are needing to be worked on or walked through. And it gets worse. And I know eventually they will hit rock bottom. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know where it's going to be, and I'm not going to get involved in trying to get them out of that space because that only delays the process. They've got to come to it on their own. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to be comfortable in their pain or their situation before they can move through it. That's pretty powerful. I know for, for me personally, it was reminding myself that I was not those heavy emotions. I was not my pain. I was not that diagnosis because we have a tendency as humans to tie Mm -hmm. our identity to everything. It's like, oh, I have chronic pain. This is who I am. Oh, I have cancer. This is who I am. I have a death sentence. This means it has to mean death for me. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't. It's when we detach ourselves from those labels, from the identity Mm -hmm. and realize that it's okay and that you are more than that. That was the biggest thing that set me free. And from your story, it sounds like that was a huge piece in your recovery as well. And I love that you touched on the right and wrong because we're always trying to figure out what's the right path, what's the right path, what's the right path. Well, what's right for you may not be right for somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you sharing your story being like, I didn't want conventional medicine to help me with my diagnosis that was not the right path for me and you stuck to that that's pretty powerful yeah absolutely especially when I had friends family including my dad they were terrified with the choices that I was making they were absolutely terrified and yet 
I knew through my soft little heart that was the path I was being asked to follow. And I will say this too, Katie, I never told myself, oh, well, I can't go conventional, but I'm doing this first. Mm -hmm. I can always leave that door open, but I'm really called to do this first. And let me take it step by step, day by day, honoring my choice, my path. And it wasn't that I didn't like research everything. I did. But then I took it in and I took it to that source of creation that knows my body and say, which is my next step? What's my next best step? Not from my human mind. It was all from my heart. I love what you just said too, as far as the other thing I did is I asked myself, what do I really want? Because a lot of cancer patients, once they get that diagnosis, they're telling everybody, Mm -hmm. I have cancer, I have cancer, and I get it because there's also a piece of them that wants others to love and support them. So I get it. And there's nothing wrong with love and support. However, every time you confirm that's who you are, you think you are a cancer patient, it just tells your body that you have cancer, the universe will always say yes. And that's one of the things right up front that I did is I asked myself, well, what do I really want? Do I wanna be a cancer patient or do I wanna be well? And at first my human mind was like totally focused on the cancer until we had this discussion. Yeah. And it's like, okay, can we talk? Can we sit down and just <laughs> chat a little bit? Fireside chat, right? What is it, human mind? I know you're scared. I know you're freaking out. I know it's really hard to make choices in this and you're swirling around in my head like a crazy woman (laughs) or whatever, these thoughts. (laughs) But can we sit down and ask, what is it we both really want? When my human mind calmed down and was able to sit with myself, my eternal self, the answer is obvious. I want to be well. And what I did from that point is I really dove into the feeling of what does it feel like in my body and my mind and my emotions, like all of that together, put it all in a blender. What is the energetic expression? How does that feel? What does that look like? What are my actions that is going to keep me aligned in that state? And that's where my protocol was developed. And I chose, I'm going to do everything for my physical body that I can do to love and support it. And at that time, that meant I'm going to be eating clean. Not that I was going to McDonald's before, right? (laughs) You know, or like eating candy bars. I wasn't necessarily doing that. But are there things that I can do to support my body physically? And when you make a choice on what you really want, not what you don't want, Mm -hmm. because when you give that the energy, the universe is going to say, okay, I'll continue to give you what you don't want (laughs) because you keep asking me because you keep focusing on it. When I wanted to be well and I wanted to heal and I opened the door and says, I don't know what I'm doing, but I trust that you will bring everything into my life I need in the moment that I need it. And that is exactly what happened. The ND, which is the naturopathic doctor that I worked with, to this day, I have never physically met her. She came from a friend of a friend of a friend who heard about her and it came through that channel to me. Crazy. She was an angel when it came to my physical protocol 
through the different supplements, through the different tests that she did, through the advice that she gave me when I was struggling between my physician who wanted to slash, burn, and radiate me versus choosing, we're going to support your body with healthy foods and supplements to give it the best chance and the best tools it needs to reverse this, to heal this. That made sense to my heart and finally my mind. Yeah. (laughs) Right? And that's that alignment that I'm talking about. I didn't do anything to get her number except receive a suggestion and then act on it. Well, you declared what you wanted and you wanted to be well. And you just kind of surrendered. And I surrendered. Big, big piece of the puzzle. Surrendering into once you decide what you want and allowing the universe to provide for you. At the time of my diagnosis, my husband's business and ours, we were living off of credit cards and over probably $500,000 in debt. And most people know how insurance companies work. Everything that I chose to do was fully out of pocket. If I would have gone the conventional route, 100% paid because we are on Medicaid, Mm. which is the lowest threshold of government support, which I was thankful for. But here I was in this situation. My mind was just like, Mary, you go this direction. Everything's paid. You're not going to add one dime of financial burden to your already financial burden shithole. And yet I chose to go this direction. And what happened? I started working again in the real estate business and everything I needed financially came to me. I had no idea where it was gonna come from. And so when I visit with people, they're just like, oh, but insurance doesn't take that. I hear it over and over and I love you people. I get it, (laughs) I get it. However, you don't know the power that you have within you when you are fully aligned with what you are asked to do. And you don't know that these this experience or that type of manifestation as possible until you're fully in it (laughs) I 100% believe that I do especially with my experiences I get it (laughs) yeah absolutely and so when you look at those pieces you're just like what a freaking miracle that one I made this choice that I made absolutely no sense to my human mind and two when I did everything I needed was provided within three months I got tests back that I was cancer free three months But that was only the beginning of the story because that was like the physical piece of healing. And I remember when I got the results, I was actually, I thought I would be super elated. Like, oh, yay, cancer free. I get to live my life. That wasn't what was happening. What actually happened is I felt this sense of like confusion. And I think a lot of people who have cancer and have gone through treatment, whatever treatment it might be, there is, there's that sense of, but is it really over? And I hear people that they're afraid that it's going to come back. And it's just like, oh, good God, please don't live that way. Right? Right? Because there's another energetic message Mm -hmm. of, oh, my God, I don't want it to come back. Well, what do you think it's going to do if you keep asking that? Right. You hyper-focus on it. And then you miss life. So it wasn't quite like that for me. The message that came through is, Mary, this is only the beginning. I have so much more to show you. And from that point, I was taken through a journey through about 10 years of looking at the mental pieces of health, the emotional pieces of health, and then looking at how our spirituality, understanding who we really are, all of these pieces came together so that I can be here with you today and share with individuals who are looking 
for this type of information and wanting to experience this type of life and this type of healing that I've, I've been there, I've done that. And if you are willing to open the door, I will take your hand and walk with you. Yeah. I can't do it for you, but I can absolutely give you the tools for you to make the decision to heal your body and restore your life. Oh, what a place of empowerment. Yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Did I know when I got cancer that this would be my life path? No. However, it has been a beautiful unfoldment. And I did end up writing a book with this entire story that we went over, but a few more details. And it's really funny. I didn't I knew that I was going to write a book one day, not that I wanted to. It was one of those calls that a message that said, Mary, you're going to write a book. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. (laughs) Because I was raised with an electrical engineer that valued math. So I was good at math. Give me a math problem. I will do that for you. Ask me to write a book? No. (laughs) And my sweet soul said, yes, Mary, you're going to write a book. And I argued with it for years. The book finally came out. And I was surprised how it actually came out because it came out between the voices in my head, the voices between my head and the soft, subtle voices in my heart, and how I worked through this entire process of becoming the fittest woman in the world to multiple crises, to fully healing and restoring my life through walking through the inner work. It wasn't the outer that healed me. It was all a guided journey inside, and it was incredible. I just love your story. It always gives me goosebumps and chills. And I just love that you touch on all of the different aspects that make us whole, that make us yeah. us. Because we have a tendency to just focus on the physical, the biological yeah. ailments. And if that is being treated and you've got all these other things, you got to switch directions and be like, okay, well, how's this affecting me emotionally? How's it going on in my headspace? How am I feeling in my heart? Like what's going on in my environment around me? Yeah. All of those different things come together to promote that healing. So you can't just leave mm-hmm. one out. You can't. I mean, you can, but is it going to work? No, no, not. It's eventually going to fail. But how beautiful that it fails. Why? Because that's the door that you get to choose to open to heal those pieces, right? Yeah. Failure is beauty. Failure is beauty. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing, Mary. So what is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who may have just been diagnosed with cancer and don't really know what is the best path for them? How would you help them? Call me. No, you can't call me. That's not the advice. No. The piece of advice that I would would offer And this is anyone, if you're diagnosed with anything, or maybe you're facing foreclosure, or maybe you're facing a job loss. I don't care what your crisis is. This is the number one thing that I would recommend to anybody is stop, breathe, recenter yourself, and begin to connect to that soft, subtle voice that lies within you. The greatest wisdom of the universe lies inside of you. Begin to connect to that surrender to that and follow its instructions even if it doesn't make sense in your human mind even if it doesn't make sense with the feelings that you're feeling but that soft subtle essence knows exactly what you need in this moment and the next moment and the next moment and that is where you're going to be able to make your clearest decisions on your next 
best step. Trust and follow that self-settled voice. So essentially just trusting ourselves. Trusting your eternal self, not your human self. Big difference. Yes. Because your human self is what has got you to this point right now. That's a good perspective. Definitely. Open the door to something that you never, ever expected. Open the door to something better than you've ever expected. And be willing to surrender and participate with it in ways you didn't even think were possible. So being open-minded. Absolutely. During your own journey, is there anything that you would do differently? Not a thing. Not a thing. Zero. Absolute zero. Now, if you would have asked me that 20 years ago, I would give you a thousand things I would do different. Why? Because that human mind was constantly telling me all these other things. Oh, God, you should have done that different. You should have done this different. I wish you would have. It's a human mind, right? Okay. My soul was like, no. Well done. And I, from my human mind's perspective, can now see how brilliant the path was laid before me. But I couldn't see it then. Wouldn't change a thing. That's pretty powerful. You just trusted that you were going to be taken care of, even if you didn't know the next step. I didn't know the next step. I absolutely <laughs> didn't know. And I'm just like, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> because my entire life was perfectly planned and controlled. Mm. That's how I was raised. That's how I felt safe. And cancer called and said, Mary... I'm going to ask you to walk the path into the unknown and you're not going to know your next step until it's right in front of you. Are you going to be able to do it? And my human mind says, no, I can't do that. And my heart says, yeah, we can do it. What if we did? What if we actually found another way to heal cancer? I love those what if questions. Oh, the what if questions. Yeah. So amazing. What if it's possible? What if? My life could be better than I ever could have imagined it or planned it to be. Mm -hmm. And it can. Yes. It can. Same. Again, love it. Love it. What was your biggest lesson throughout this cancer experience journey that you've been on? Trust your heart is the biggest thing in the world. I really thought I knew what life was all about until I discovered I didn't know shit. And everything I thought I knew was what was actually making things worse. It was causing all of my suffering and suffering is not our natural state of being but it was the only way i knew to live i mean it makes sense we are a very stubborn being this pain's gotta smack us right in the face yeah. and be like all right this is what we're doing and yep. then that's when we actually pay attention absolutely life broke me to save me mm -hmm. i 100 percent believe that and it happens for other people too some people will get the message with a little pinprick others need a two by four <laughs> Others need to be laid out for six months in a hospital, completely yeah. incapacitated. We don't know what someone might need, but every single person has the power to open the door and discover something new. Our power lies within us. I love it so, so much. So you have a book. I do. And what is it called? My book is called Living Proof. There's another way to heal your body and restore your life. It is available on Amazon. You can also find it on my website at www.maryrust.com. That's M-A-R-Y-R-U-S-T.com. Awesome. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes below. Perfect. That way you guys have easy access to it. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. But you're also creating a program, aren't you? 
Yes, I am finally creating a program. For a while, I put it on hold, and yet that soft, subtle voice is not so subtle when it really <laughs> wants you to do something, is it? Like writing a book. <laughs> anyway, so yes, I have had a program in mind that takes individuals through the process of healing and we work with all aspects of self so we are the first portion of it is working with your physical body and your physical world and environment how you can love and support your body in order to heal and then we move on to your mental body our thoughts different tools you can use when that monkey mind starts going we move into the emotional body. How do we process feelings, emotions? How do we know what feelings are more inspiration, are like divine inspiration that's calling us to move forward? And then what feelings or emotions are surfacing that are from our past, that are blocking our energetic flow? The final portion of the course is going to be working with spirit, who you really are embodying your divinity your eternal soul and how does that look like how do you actually live fully embodied in a physical 3d world that is not of spirit it's quite fascinating so that is the program in a nutshell i am in the process of working on part one which will be released hopefully within the month Ooh. And then I will be working on the the other parts. So lots and lots of fun stuff. One of the other reasons I wanted to bring this particular program into the world, or my soul did, this isn't me at all, <laughs> is because I have talked to individuals who have gone to cancer centers, say maybe in Mexico or other areas where they do alternative work there. It's lovely work. And everything is provided for you at the center. So your meals are provided for, the counselors are there, you work through different programs. But where the rubber meets the road is when you come back home. Mm -hmm. And you get right back into the same environment that potentially cancer could have evolved in. Yeah. And you are there by yourself. And they don't give you any tools to help you integrate life at home. And so this is what the program is based on. And it's not just for people with cancer because healing happens on many, many levels. This is to give you the tools to help you work with your inner world on a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual level. This is all about you. You can have cancer or you can just say, I would just like a little bit of support and understanding who I am because I'm being called to that type of work. And they're easy steps and systems that you can do every single day in the world that you live in. Because we have jobs, we have families, we have all of these things. How can you be the source of your inspiration and heal all these pieces while being surrounded by life? Because the ultimate goal for me, for you, is perfect freedom. Absolutely. Right? Because then it doesn't matter what pops up. You may get re-diagnosed. You may lose your husband, your wife, a child. You may go through financial collapse. You may go through anxiety, periods of depression. How can you love yourself through that? And that's what my course is called, Love and Nourish Your Body Back to Health. It's not fighting and attacking. It's not diet and deprivation. No. It's not controlling my body until it does what I want it to do. No, you're going to love yourself back to health. It's the most beautiful thing. And then we do the mind piece. 
the emotion piece, the spiritual piece through loving and nourishing yourself. Oh, I love it, Mary. Like, sign me up for your program. I'm all for it. So done. Yes, like done. <laughs> yes. And I just love that you are doing this work too because it is so needed. Our work definitely is similar, but you're bringing the Mary spice to it. Yes, the Mary <laughs> spice. Yes, we love that. <laughs> I am super excited. So how can people know more information? Like, do they just follow you on your website or... Yes. Okay. Yeah. So really what the funniest thing. So I, I also have been involved in uh, Radical Hope, which is a book by Kelly Turner, who did her entire university study on like radical remissions, people who survived cancer through alternative ways. It's absolutely fascinating. I was involved in her second book called Radical Hope. And she called me about a month or two ago and she says, Mary, your website's down because there was a period of time the last two, three years that I'm just like, eh, I don't feel like doing anything. And I just dropped everything. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And then my sweet soul said, Mary, I really would love you to bring this into the world. No, you don't have to. But I'm just really, really, really wanting you to do this. So I'm like, fine. And I'm actually so glad I did. I don't want to give anyone the wrong impression that I don't like it or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this is these are the conversations we have with ourselves, Absolutely. right? Okay, this is the work. Let's be real. <laughs> anyway, she said, Mary, we're going to run this docuseries again because they brought it out the first time right before COVID happened. And then yeah. it was just a weird time for everybody. So they wanted to rerun it. And she says, Mary, your website's down. I'm like, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> So I just put something up so people can contact me. So people can contact me on the site. I have a little blurb that my signature program is in progress. If you are interested, please write your name in the contact page and or you can subscribe to, I think I have a newsletter or whatnot. So <laughs> put your information in there when the program is ready to be released, the first part. I'm happy to reach out to you so that you can participate. Oh my gosh, so exciting. So much to <laughs> celebrate. I'm so excited. And this has been a wonderful conversation. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to share? Well, you know, I think I have talked enough because <laughs> I just get rolling. But this That's time okay. has been so lovely. I so value and appreciate you and the work that you bring. And yeah, if anybody has any questions, any struggles, if anybody is led to something that I have said, please reach out to me because I am happy to meet with you, walk with you, and share your journey with you. Our inner world is fascinating, but it's not always easy, right, to do that inner work. However, I believe that is our collective salvation is when each and every one of us can take responsibility for this inner world Mm -hmm. that we created, detangle it, and finally live from the essence of who we truly are, we will create and experience heaven on earth. Thank you so much. And there you guys have it. We've got different solutions on how to navigate the world, the experience of cancer. So thank you so much for being on, Mary. It was a pleasure to have you. Oh, pleasure is all mine, Katie. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode and for expanding your own pain awareness. Every time you listen to this podcast, you are building new neural pathways in the brain to break out of the vicious pain cycle. 
If this episode served you in any way, I ask that you share it with somebody who you think would benefit so they can start breaking out of their unique pain cycle today. When we are educated and informed about pain, we are equipped and empowered to get out and stay out of pain. If you have any questions or thoughts, I'm here to help. You can direct message me on Instagram at the Katie Sutton. I'd be happy to personally connect with you so you can start unleashing pain freedom today. 